feathers and frogs and bugles. Oh, my! We're getting poetic as we explore the poems and musical settings of Emily Dickinson today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello, and today we're going to talk about some musical settings of famous Emily Dickinson poems. But first, let's start with a Quizlet question. Emily Dickinson lived her entire life in one state. Which state was it? Which state did Emily Dickinson live in her whole life? We'll give you a hint along the way, so stick around for the end of the show, and we'll tell you the answer. Throughout her lifetime, American poet Emily Dickinson wrote almost 1,800 poems. And this week, we're going to hear how composers set six of them to music. Did you know that even though Emily Dickinson wrote so many poems, only 10 of them were published during her lifetime? Instead, Dickinson shared poems with family and friends through letters. And after she had died, a large number of her poems that had previously never been shared were discovered. Today on Classical Sprouts, we have a special guest, Sarah Hartley, who is here to read the poems for us before we hear a musical setting of that same poem. Now let's get into the music. We're going to start off today with composer Aaron Copland. His song cycle, or group of songs, called Twelve Poems of Emily Dickinson was composed in 1950 and is one of the best-known musical settings of Dickinson's poems. Soprano Phyllis Curtis once said, It is the pattern of Emily's remarkable speech that Aaron understood absolutely. The doom's electric moccasin that very instant so first, let's hear Sarah read a part of the poem, and then we'll hear that same line as Copeland has set it to music. This is one of my all-time favorite Emily Dickinson poems. I just think it's really cute. Dear March, come in. How glad I am. I hoped for you before. Put down your hat. You must have walked. How out of breath you are. Dear March, come in. How glad I am. I looked for you before. Dear March, how are you and the rest? Did you leave nature well? Oh, March, come right upstairs with me. I have so much to tell. Dear March, how are you and the rest? Did you leave nature well? Oh, March, come right upstairs with me. I have so much to tell. Another piece from that cycle is There Came a Wind Like a Bugle. There came a wind like a bugle. It quivered through the grass, and a green chill upon the heat so ominous did pass. We barred the windows and the doors as from an emerald ghost, the doom's electric moccasin that very instant passed. 
Now, Sprouts, pay attention to what the music sounds like when the word bugle is sung. What do you think it sounds like? Maybe a bugle? Emily Dickinson's style of poetry was really unusual at the time. She used dashes instead of other punctuation marks like commas and periods. She also capitalized words in the middle of a sentence. When her poems were published after she had died, publishers thought that her style was too weird and that people wouldn't like it. So they changed it. They took out the dashes and replaced them with commas and periods, and they changed all her capitalization. Since then, her original punctuation has been used in published versions of her poetry, and her style is thought of as not just unusual, but revolutionary. You go, Emily Dickinson. Let's listen to one more setting before the break. American composer George Walker had a great talent for writing vocal music. So his settings of Emily Dickinson poems fit right into that, including his version of I Went to Heaven. Here's Sarah with the poem. I went to heaven. T'was a small town, lit with a ruby, lathed with down, stiller than the fields at the full dew, beautiful as pictures no man drew, people like the moth of Mechlin, frames, duties of gossamer and eider names, almost contented I could be among such unique society. And here's George Walker's version. Take a listen to how her rhymes fit into his music. We went to some more fun facts about Emily Dickinson, a playlist of more musical settings of her poems, and more on our website at classicalsprouts.org. So be sure to check us out there and follow us on Instagram at classicalsprouts. We share things there that we don't cover on the podcast, so make sure to check it out. Stick around, Sprouts. We'll see you after the break. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, GameplayShow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. At the beginning of the episode, I asked you, which state did Emily Dickinson live in her entire life? Now, here's a hint. Some important people that were also born in this state are Susan B. Anthony, Clara Barton, John Adams, and Leonard Bernstein. Any guesses? Stick around for the end of the show. We'll tell you the answer. 
Before the break, we learned a bit about Emily Dickinson as a poet and how she wrote a ton of poems, but they didn't get published during her lifetime. Now, composers draw from her poetry as inspiration for their music, and we're listening to some of them today. It is well known among poetry people that in Emily Dickinson's adult years, she stayed very close to home. She didn't go out in public very often. However, she had a full life among her family and her close friends, with whom she wrote many letters. She also loved plants, but more on that later. So far, we've listened to composers who set Emily Dickinson's poems to music that features only one voice. But next, we'll hear one that is for many voices in a choir. First, let's listen to Eric Whitaker's setting of the poem, I Hide Myself. And here's Sarah Hartley's recitation of it. I hide myself within my flower, that wearing on your breast you, unsuspecting, wear me too, and angels know the rest. I hide myself within my flower that, fading from your vase, you, unsuspecting, feel for me almost a loneliness. While Emily Dickinson was alive, she was much better known for her beautiful gardens than she was for her poetry. She studied botany as a child, that's the science of plants, and she would often send flowers from her gardens along with her letters to friends and family. As a gardener, Emily Dickinson paid close attention to the weather, the changing seasons, transitions in times of day, and the populations of bees, flies, and birds that lived among her plants. Her observations of nature made their way into many of her poems, including these set to music by composer Gwyneth Walker. This first one, Hope is the Thing with Feathers, is one of Dickinson's most famous poems. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard, and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it, in the chillest land, and on the strangest sea, yet never, in extremity, it asked a crumb of me. How does she represent hope in the music?
at the beginning of the episode, I asked you, Emily Dickinson lived her entire life in one state. Which state was it? Some important people that were also born here, Susan B. Anthony, Clara Barton, John Adams, and Leonard Bernstein. I'll give you another hint. Some important events in history that happened here are the start of the first railroad and first lighthouse in America and the Boston Tea Party. You think you know? The answer is, drumroll please, Massachusetts. She lived her entire life in the town of Amherst, Massachusetts, and that's where you can visit Emily Dickinson's museum called The Homestead today. All righty, Sprouts, thanks so much for listening to different settings of some Emily Dickinson poems with me today. We also learned about her love of letter writing and plants. Make sure to follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you always know when a new episode's available and so more Sprouts like you can find out about us. We'll have a Spotify playlist of other musical settings of Emily Dickinson poems for you to check out, linked on our website, classicalsprouts.org. And while you're there listening, you can even take a virtual tour of her house. This episode was written and produced by Emily Duncan Wilson, with support from Amanda Sewell. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. Extra special thanks to Sarah Hartley for providing the voice of Emily Dickinson today. I'm Kate Botello. See you next time. Bye! Interlock in Public Radio!